Hello, and welcome to the Psychedelic Psychiatrist Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the discussion around all aspects of psychedelic medicine. This is also a space that hosts conversations about impactful personal journeys in a way to decrease stigma around these molecules and share our experiences with one another. So get ready for some deep dives and fun times. I am your host, Juan Pablo Galindo. Welcome back to the podcast. So I'm your host, Juan Pablo Galindo. I am the CEO and founder of Rockefeller Records, Damon Dash. <laughs> I am the CEO and founder of Inner Bloom Healing. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode numero dos, dos X. So I was thinking about talking about ketamine therapy, ketamine assisted psychotherapy, and what exactly is ketamine. So right now, ketamine is the only legally available medicine to be administered for psychedelic-assisted therapy. Some would say that ketamine is not a traditional psychedelic because it doesn't work the same way as the other psychedelics do. It doesn't have the same mechanism of action. Traditional psychedelics work on the serotonergic system. Ketamine works on every system known to man. (laughs) It's got a wide variety of mechanisms. Yeah, so let's dive in to ketamine. So ketamine was first synthesized in the 60s, and it was actually derived from PCP, phenocyclidine. So I think most people have heard PCP um, or about PCP. And yeah, so PCP is a pretty scary um, molecule. It actually causes hallucinations, distorted perceptions of sound, violent behavior. And it, it's interesting that ketamine was derived from PCP. <laughs> so you'd be like, oh gosh, like I don't want to mess with ketamine. Um, but the way I think about it is like PCP and ketamine are cousins. And, you know, if you go to a family reunion, There's always that cousin that you're like, ooh, is that guy really related to me? Is the guy that just got out of jail for throwing a car over a building? (laughs) That's what PCP will do. And ketamine is like the cool, chill cousin who just wants to help you and will take you on these fun adventures in the right setting, (laughs) obviously. So ketamine, a lot of slang words, the blind squid, honey oil, vitamin K, cat valium, special K, kaolin, k-hole. Though we'll just call it good old ketamine. So yeah, so ketamine was actually first synthesized in 1962 by my boy Calvin Stevens. So he was a professor at Wayne State University. And yeah, he was um, messing around with Um, PCP, and there was some promising research in animals. So they noticed that it was a great anesthetic, and it was FDA approved in 1970 for anesthesia. 
and it was actually used in the Vietnam War a lot. So they, they would give Kevin I mean, the soldiers to have on hand. So during the battle, if something happened to your buddy or one of your fellow soldiers, you could give them ketamine and it would immediately uh, give them pain relief and help them. And one of the great things about ketamine is that it has a wonderful safety profile. So soldiers could give it um, to their fellow buddies in arms and wouldn't have to worry about overdosing them or um, causing any problems uh, in that sense. One of the good things about ketamine is it does not compromise the respiratory drive nor respiratory airway like other anesthetics. And so that's what causes it to have a good safety profile. So it's probably, or it is, the most used anesthetic for like pediatric surgeries, uh, pediatric procedures. It's used in the emergency room a lot for pain relief. And so, yeah, ketamine is used for various different things. So I think it was about 10 years ago when people started to take notice that ketamine was offering other advantages or other um, benefits that weren't just anesthesia. Um, so I think since ketamine was invented, it's obviously found its way into the recreational uh, world and people have been using it recreationally. And so it was about 10 years ago when they started noticing that there was something that was happening in people's moods, uh, in anxiety. Um, once they were getting the anesthetic, they noticed that people would say like, hey, I'm actually like in a pretty good mood or my anxiety is gone um, after a procedure or so. so. About 10 years ago, they actually started studying it for treatment-resistant depression. And it was then FDA approved in 2019 for treatment-resistant depression. And it's actually not ketamine itself. It's one of the enantiomers of ketamine. So if you think about a solution of a certain molecule, you'll have what's called enantiomers. So it'll have an S enantiomer and an R enantiomer. And they're basically the same molecule, but mirror images of each other. So just like your right and left hand, like they're pretty similar, but they're not the same exactly. And so this drug company, Spravato, isolated the S part of the ketamine, and they are like, hey, this is a new um, medicine, and presented to the FDA, and it got approved for treatment-resistant depression. Um, the reason that they did not use just ketamine itself is because ketamine um, can no longer be uh, patented, and so... Uh, drug companies a lot of times find <clears throat> a way around that and they isolate a certain enantiomer and they're like, oh, this is a new novel treatment. But if you actually give someone like quote-unquote normal ketamine, they get 50% of the S-ketamine and 50% um, of the R-ketamine. So um, it's not that much different, I would say. Some may argue that there are a lot of differences, but I wouldn't say it's... Uh, like a big difference. All right, so what are the effects of ketamine? So that usually depends on the dosage. So lower doses, one will feel um, calm and relaxed, maybe feel like their body feels kind of gooey. At medium doses, uh, you can start experiencing uh, non-ordinary states of consciousness, um, having psychedelic effects. Uh, one can feel like they are 
floating or traveling, or if they look down at their bodies, like people described, their arms, like feeling like bigger or longer than, than they usually are. And then at high doses, um, at really high doses, you just go to sleep. It's an anesthetic. And the doses that we actually use for ketamine-assisted psychotherapy are very, very low. So it doesn't even get anywhere close to being like a quote-unquote anesthetic dose. Um, <clears throat> but at higher doses in the therapy realm, um, you can have a feeling of like leaving your body, being, being detached from your body. And and again, in the doses that we use, that's usually um, not seen too often. You can take or give someone ketamine in a variety of ways, um, basically any way you could think of, uh, orally, uh, intranasally, uh, intravenously, that's like what the infusion centers do, intramuscularly, um, that's like an IM injection, uh, usually in the shoulder, so that's how I administer the ketamine in my practice. Um, you can administer it rectally, um, so lots of routes for the ketamine to enter uh, your body. So what is the mechanism of action of ketamine? So this may get a little in the, in the weeds, as people may say, um, but ketamine is an NMDA antagonist. People are like, what the heck is that? So NMDA is a type of glutamate receptor. And um, kind of the, to break this down in a simple way is ketamine attaches this receptor and it's it would be the equivalent of lifting your foot off the brake um, in terms of like how it's working in the brain. So it's not like pressing on the accelerator, which would make things go. But lifting the brake um, also makes things go, right? And so that causes a different cascade of reactions, um, increased glutamate. Um, you also have a release of anti-inflammatory markers. Um, it also activates brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and that uh, causes new neuronal connections, uh, new pathways in the brain. And like notice that its main mechanism isn't serotonergic, so that means it, it's not working on the serotonin receptors like most um, antidepressants, most uh, psychedelics, they work on uh, the serotonin system. And so this is a different pathway. Um, and so people ask if it's not working on that, then why is it helping with depression? And, you know, there's thoughts that depression is not just based on the levels of neurotransmitters, so decreased serotonin or dopamine or norepinephrine. Um, in fact, that may be just a part of what causes depression. And there's other theories that uh, like chronic stress, inflammation can be a part of depression. So people who deal with chronic depression, anxiety, um, it's almost like having a swollen knee all the time. And um, ketamine is almost like ice to the knee. Um, so ketamine helps decrease the inflammation in the brain and um, again, creating those new neural pathways. And this mechanism has been shown to be uh, statistically significant in terms of improving people with treatment-resistant depression. 
so usually people with treatment resistant depression are 30% of people with depression. So these are people that have had two or more antidepressants, therapy, still having moderate to severe symptoms. So what they did is, um, let's say they took 10 of these type of people and in the ketamine studies, around six or seven out of those 10 uh, had significant improvements um, from which they did not have just with the antidepressants. So yeah, we're still kind of figuring out a lot of the other things that the ketamine does. Um, it's also been shown to kind of shut down the amygdala, that's the fear uh, center in our brain, kind of like the, uh, I'll call it the smoke detector in our brain. So if there's something going on, uh, that like the amygdala is what signals us to you know either fight or flight or freeze. Um, so ketamine is also able to put the brakes on that, and that allows people to process memories in a way without feeling too overwhelmed, um, similar to MDMA. And yeah, so when ketamine was approved, it was just approved as a medicine, so there was no therapy going on along with it. But a lot of people have been studying the therapeutic benefit of ketamine in terms of using it uh, in a framework of psychedelic-assisted therapy. And... We'll get into that in the next episode uh, regarding the use of ketamine in a therapeutic context. And so we talked about how ketamine's main mechanism of action is targeting the NMDA receptor and that it is a glutamate receptor. And so why is that important? Why is the glutamate receptor so important? So glutamate is the main neurotransmitter that the brain uses to communicate with itself. And so the hypothesis is that in people with depression, anxiety, this glutamate network can be a little off balance, not working properly. And so what ketamine does, it kind of resets this network and um, like a mini computer reboot almost. Um, so what ketamine does is it activates this glutamate network and kind of helps reset things a little bit which in turn has been shown to create new neuronal pathways, decrease inflammation, and subsequently improve depression and anxiety. So yeah, there's probably a million other things I could talk to you about ketamine and its mechanisms, but I hope that's a good introduction. And in the next uh, podcast, we'll get into the relationship of ketamine with therapy. So ketamine assisted psychotherapy and what that looks like awesome take care and i'll talk to you soon